You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. There's a major global health concern, and this involves the rise of drug-resistant infections. Uh, Fungi and bacteria are evolving to be resistant to many antibiotics. Mm. Now, there's a bunch of reasons. We've actually got a podcast already on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au, about the overuse and abuse of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is kind of in addition to that because there's been some outbreaks of a fungus called Candida auris. It's named that because it was actually first detected in a Japanese patient several years ago, I think decades ago, and it was found in the patient's ear. And so hence the name um, Auris. There's various reasons that are being cited for this, and I'm going to go into those a little bit later. Just to give you an idea of how virulent this is, and it's actually affecting people right around the world. It's been found in South America, it's been found in Africa, uh, it's been found in, in parts of America and Asia as well. And, and just to caveat, I guess, that it is mainly preys on people with a weakened immune system. So it's, That's right. Yeah. A good point to make. So it's the people who are dying of this are people who, do, who generally are in hospital for other reasons. And one of the real issues is, uh, is that it, it can really infect uh, hospital facilities and can get inside medical equipment, respirators. In fact, there was a case in New York in a hospital there where this particular fungus was found in a patient. They locked down the place, you know, they isolated the patient, put them in an isolated ward, but they basically had to completely strip the room that they were in away. Yeah, not just the medical equipment, it was actually some of you know, the linings on the wall, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was really quite amazing. Every nook and cranny of this room, they had to disinfect somehow. They actually had to take tiles off the ceiling and the floor because they found that they couldn't get it out any other way. But it was in the uh, the bed, the doors, the curtains, the phones, the sink, the whiteboard, the poles and, and medical pumps, the mattress, bed rails, canister holes, window shade ceiling, every single item in the room, wherever they did a test for this fungus, mm. they found it yep. was positive. Yep. So a real issue to clear it out adequately and to get rid of it properly. And then the whole point of this is there. this is not something you throw antibiotics at. No. This is a fungus that has been able to grow and survive because the antibiotics that we use typically for fungus has not been effective at all on it. Yeah, that's right. It is believed to be caused by the overuse of antibiotics, which were developed in the 1940s. Up until then, if you got a bad enough cut, you trot on a stick you you know rub you scratched yourself on a barbed wire fence if you got an infection it basically could mean either an amputation or it could mean death mm. you know and this was a thing that really i mean it took out a lot of people it was a major problem around the world f- forever up until the 1940s mm. when antibiotics were introduced but since then what's happened is that antibiotics have been mass produced uh, particularly in recent more recent years in places like india and china where they're very very um, freely dispensed mm-hmm. they're cheap they're mass produced things like amoxicillin which is your kind of frontline antibiotic yeah. which uh, it's a broad spectrum yeah. absolutely that used to be effective but because you've got people in uh, in sub-saharan africa or in in india 
or in elsewhere in, in the world, particularly third world countries, people who aren't qualified pharmacists selling this mm. for profit motive mm. and for cheap. If your child's sick, you're going to take what you get and, yeah, and hope have, for the best. If you have the common cold, there's no point in taking an antibiotic. That's it's, right. it's just not going to be effective. That's right. And uh, you know that that is, I think, one of the things we've got. Oh, I need, I must have this. I, I've got to have it. And so, you, by taking antibiotics, if you have the cold, you're actually being part of the problem. Even in Australia, I mean, a friend of mine got quite sick just after Christmas. He was told that it was a virus and therefore not to take antibiotics. So he abstained. This thing hung around for several weeks and then he eventually got rid of it with antibiotics, with a strong course of antibiotics. So it can be both ways, but you can't treat a virus with antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So the the flu, influenza, all that sort of stuff which happens in winter, we're moving into flu season in Australia. The flu shot is a great preventative of those things, of of many strains. Last flu season in Australia, a year ago, it was particularly effective. We've got a podcast on our website about why it was so effective, but they just got lucky they picked the right strains from overseas to build into the vaccination that they gave people the flu shot um, and it was particularly effective let's hope it's it, the same thing happens this year but but that is one thing uh, but a virus cannot be treated with antibiotics and and knowing the symptoms or being smart enough to hold back before sort of being trigger happy and and, and issuing antibiotics is something that doctors need to do and yeah. are increasingly doing in Australia and, and elsewhere but unfortunately antibiotics are available for sale through people who aren't qualified even as pharmacists, mm. and they are finding their way into sort of mass use and, and mass misuse. The other huge area that they've used it, and I wasn't as aware of this as, as I am now after these uh, various articles that I've been reading for this story, in agriculture, rather than spending money on animals being kept clean and, and controlling disease mm. transfer between populations of cows or cattle, you know, that are being moved around from sale yacht or or, or, or or even exported as part of the live trade, which Australia does, mm-hmm. the sort of simpler way of, of dealing with those uh, those health issues that animal populations may have is just to issue them with blanket amounts like vast amounts of antibiotics yeah. so again it's entering the, the food entering, well, yeah. it's, enter, it's entering the, the food system but it's also entering the wild so the bugs that previously would have been affected by antibiotics bacteria is the category of bug we're talking about as opposed to viruses those bacteria are are developing immunity because they're being swamped. All the different types are being swamped with uh, antibiotics, often through agriculture. That's where you're getting these emerging superbugs because mm. they are evolving to deal with these mass-produced mm. antibiotics. Mm. The other area which we've uh, mentioned at the start of this story is in the area of funguses. Now, they reckon that, again, so many funguses used to be out there in the wild prior to the 1940s when the first antibiotics were developed. Then because of this huge amount of antibiotics that was hitting funguses around the world, a lot of the ones that were out there in the wild were wiped out mm-hmm. and have been wiped out. Mm-hmm. But what that's allowed is for this rarer, Candida auris, which was rarer but more deadly, for it to actually find a slot. So other funguses were wiped out, allowing it to have a slot mm. in the sort of fungus world. And it is apparently not affected by a lot of different types of antibiotics. So it's it's not completely immune to all of them, but it's immune to 90% of antibiotics at, at this stage. The types of symptoms that people are presenting with are, are very common symptoms. They get fever, aches and fatigue. That's the sort of symptoms you get when you've got this fungus in you. But unfortunately, if you're already in hospital with some other type of illness, Mm. that makes you particularly vulnerable. So young people, the elderly Mm -hmm. or people with chronic disease or with immune systems that are already compromised, Mm -hmm. they have got issues. And as I said, it's incredibly fast at spreading 
There have been hospitals around the world that have been affected by this. And there has been some suggestion that hospitals, uh, a couple in Europe, one in the UK and one in Spain, were quite arguably negligent in actually informing patients about the fact that there had been these outbreaks. Resistant to, yeah. Unwilling to fess up about this. Now, one reason was they didn't want to cause mass panic, but also arguably there was a profit motive involved. They Mm. didn't want to turn, they didn't want to discourage new patients Mm -hmm. from using their facilities. And in some cases, these are highly specialised private hospitals which have got wealthy clientele flying in from all over Europe or the Middle East to use facilities and, and, you know, the reputation justifies that kind of patronage. But if people are finding that they've got drug-resistant superbugs like Candida, Aurus, that have got into their medical equipment, you wouldn't want to have a respirator put in your in your nose or down your throat, and then find that you know you've got a superbug lurking inside mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, so these are very serious issues. One in dealing with them, two in trying to regulate the appetite and the the abuse and overuse of antibiotics in the first place, particularly in the third world and in agriculture. Very hard to change habits in that area yeah. without throwing a, a decent amount of money at it. But then also the other issue has been. The unfortunate habit of some medical institutions, hospitals, clinics and the like of being a little bit backwards in coming forwards about the problems they may have with uh, this particular fungus. Which apparently, according to um, a paper in the journal Mycosis, uh, reported that 41% of the infected patients died within 30 days. Yeah, it's, it's serious in the, the United States. There were 587 cases of people having contracted Candida auris that have been reported anyway, concentrated with 309 in New York, 104 in New Jersey, and 144 in Illinois. That's according to the Center for Disease Control. As we mentioned, there have been outbreaks in other parts of the world, India, Africa, the Middle East, Japan, parts of Asia. This is a very serious thing, and it's going to take kind of a change in culture and some serious money to be spent in, in the area. research yeah. yeah in research but also in in agriculture you know having more expensive systems to ensure the health of animal populations rather than just relying on antibiotics to keep mm. them healthy the other thing that uh, i came across is that in a lot of countries in europe for example if you get if you eat some meat from the supermarket and you get food poisoning from it the barcode on the packaging actually identifies where that meat was sourced in detail like the exact farm where it came from so that if there is a health issue they can track it down they can go to that farm and say okay we've got a problem with your meat rather than having no idea where it came from and so much harder to track the source in the united states they do not have that tracking system i'm not sure whether they do in australia it would be interesting to know but but certainly in america they don't have that system Mm. so if they have a a food poisoning outbreak and make it much harder to track where it came from Various lessons coming out of this. We do have a growing problem of superbugs around the world, and in particular, fungi and bacteria are evolving to be resistant to many, if not most, antibiotics. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.